We are live again. Yep, we're back. FTC Fit Learning Podcast featuring JG Physiques underscore without remembering to do it at the start. I've got a, I was thinking about changing my Instagram handle just to my name. Don't do that. We've come too far. I know, but <laughs> I kind of just wanted to one day. Just now I'm just finally, I saw someone else. finally learned it. No, but I, I found, um, I saw someone else just change theirs to their name and I was like, you know, that's a fucking good idea. It makes it easier. Well, you just need to search my name anyway and it comes up. True. Anyway, there you go. And Ben's got SC um, on the Instagram. On, on the Instagrams. Yep. Uh, Brought to you by stcfit.com. Uh, yeah. Online training, if yeah. you're interested, um, contact us. Yep. Slide into the DMs. Yeah, we'll get you some information out. So at the moment, we've got 12 months of fat loss programming, 12 mm. months of physique, 12 months of strength. Um, so whatever your goal is, yeah. uh, we've got something there for you. Um, yeah, we're in a very relaxed environment. These calm, these chairs in the new studio are really doing it. You, you sound very relaxed there, Ben. I am. Yeah, you can very, tell. Very, very comfortable. Felt a bit uptight in the old <laughs> studio. Hanging yeah. out with my dog. I must yeah. admit, um, like, I don't know what it was, but like being in that room, just like I don't know, just took all, just took my soul. Like, yeah, it's the fluoro lights. Yeah, it, it has to be those fluorescent lights, yeah. man. Like, I would walk in there feeling amazing, and then like spend. You know, two, three hours in there, and I'm just like at home, and I'm like, Phew. yeah, I feel like I've been hit by There's a bus. Not a single drop of natural light in that room. Yeah, even that whole gym, though. Like, how do you go? The gym's fine because there's um, like skylight stuff in the roof, so it's still yeah. naturally natural light filtering. So if you turn all the lights off, it'd still be bright. Yeah, so okay. Some natural light doesn't feel like you're in yeah, right. yeah. That's one thing I do enjoy about um, the, the windows. Life, the point cork. The point yeah. cork yeah, is like so much light in there you yeah. can kind of look outside and there's like a park across the road and stuff I remember yeah. I used to work at um, Crown Casino and uh, this is my first job yeah and you sometimes you'd go in and it was dark and you would not see daylight there's obviously like there's yeah. no windows well there's no windows where we were yeah and then you come out and it was daylight uh, sorry it was dark again and you're yeah. just like fuck like what happened did I just <clears throat> miss a whole day or yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. it's and, like the old days when you used to like going to the cinema you go yeah. in when it's light outside and walk out and it's dark you're like yeah. what happened yeah, <laughs> yeah. so <laughs> I wonder why my sleep was so shit yeah it's probably had something to do with it but anyway so many people in office blocks that are maybe listening to this or on there yeah like, yeah in the car on the way there that are going fuck you guys yeah I'd love to so that's probably a, a conversation I mean we've got some topics to talk about today but even just that the sleep and the sleep hygiene and the circadian rhythm stuff there's something I do want to chat about at some point um, yeah so what's, what's the deal with that? Basically, you want to have enough um, sunlight exposure to allow your body to kind of know what time of day it is. Uh, well, there's multiple things that there's multiple things that add up to something that would create a good sleep habit and strengthen your sleep wake cycle. Yeah. Um, so, getting natural light exposure is a way of you know reinforcing that. So the the best way to reinforce it is going to be going outside and having the, the degree of light from the sun reflect into your eyeball, which would give you a good indicate or give our body a good indication of like what time of day it is. Yeah. So enforcing that it's daytime in the morning by getting sunlight would drive wakefulness. Yeah. Um, the, the same way that in the evening, not having overhead light and not having the lights on and stuff would help drive sleep. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of things to it. 
um, you know, it's temperature of your bedroom. Are we doing this now? Yeah, this is, yeah? Right. Um, Great. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, firstly, it's like proper, you know, bedtime, proper wake time. So it's like being very regimented with like when you go to bed and when you wake up rather than like, you know, every day being different or doing what most people do is like push the needle in the morning during the week and then on the weekend like sleep in you know we we're talking about that the last uh pod uh not podcast last workshop i went to on the weekend you can almost create like they call it like social jet lag yeah so okay. it's like you know sleeping way beyond your normal wake time and it's like distorting in that your normal body clock your day's yeah. normal body clock um so it is really important to kind of stick to the same wake and sleep behavior that you would do on a weekend yeah um, outside of that, it's like, you know, proper sleeping environment. So it's like, you know, uh, the temperature of the room needs to be a specific temperature. Um, so it has to be quite cold. Yeah. Um, if it's too warm, uh, your body won't sleep. If any rain's got to cool down or something while you sleep, something along those lines. Um, if I knew we we're doing a sleep podcast, I would have prepared more for this. Um, <coughs> the, the next one's like how dark the room is. So it needs to be like pitch black. I reckon no. LED lights, no, nothing kind of, you know, no light from the roof or anything along those lines, you know, full blackout curtains. Um, the next thing from there is like exposure to light. So in terms of like going to bed, um, you know, not staring at, especially yeah. like, you know, blue light, laptops, mobile phones. I know there's apps out there that um, block the blue light spectrum. There is some uh, research going around, some whispers at the moment that even the green light spectrum can distort like this, the, the melatonin accumulation in the brain, which is a signaler to the brain to start to drive sleep. So it's not like one people think that like melatonin is the sleep hormone. It's not necessarily the sleep hormone. It's like, um, as uh, Matt Walker says, it's like the, you know, the person that tells people the race is about to start. Yeah. It's that person. It's like the marshal, like, Hey, it's sleep time. That's yeah. pretty much it's, it's role. It's like telling the brain that, there's no dark, there's no daylight around, so we're gonna to start to accumulate, and then you know you need to start shutting this brain down and you know sleep. Yeah, yeah. So it's about um, you know making sure that that's happening. Be not like heavily understimulated. So read a book or something along those lines, mm -hmm. rather than playing PlayStation like I do um, a lot <laughs> till um, all hours of the night. Um, and yeah, they're, they're pretty much it. And then the day, the natural light in the morning, which would probably be the hardest thing to do for most people. Um, I was actually listening to a, uh, a Ben Pakulski podcast, surprise, surprise. Um, and you can get these things called juve lights. Yeah. So what they They're do, the ones that raise like a sun. well, they, they, they yeah. So they replicate the same light spectrum as sunlight. So, yeah. um, like, you know, having even five to 10 minutes on the back and front can replicate, um, as similar to the sunlight as possible. You can also get like, um, sunrise lamps. So they're like lamps that go. Yeah, they start getting dull and then they get really bright. I'm not sure if my wife would appreciate that. Well, see, I'm, uh, when you said about the blackout, blackout rooms, um, yeah. so we've recently moved in the last six months. Um, and this bedroom, A, it has a split system, so it's actually yeah. cold enough to sleep, which is awesome. Yeah. But the, it also is like proper blackout dark. Yeah. The first two weeks we were staying here, I was like 10.30 a.m., like jeez fuck what I need to be up yeah because like, I just fall back asleep because it was still dark yeah um, so we actually had to start leaving a curtain like a, at least a quarter of the way open so some light was coming in yeah, in the yeah. morning for yeah. me to be like oh it's like the sun's up I need to 
wake yeah. up. Yeah, I don't have um very, I don't have a very blacked out bedroom. Um, the the upside to that is that you sleep in the dark, waking in the morning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> dog so distracting. <laughs> um, so don't work with animals or children, people. Come here, pup. Come here. Hopefully, this is entertaining on the audio, not really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Indy, come here. Enough to, to... Come here. Here. Quick. Down. Go back to doing nothing, please. <laughs> one more episode, guys. Hold in. We're almost there. You probably actually have to cut that one. <laughs> oh yeah, I was not saying anything, so you would purposely cut that. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I don't have a very blacked out room, but the benefit of that is that you know I do wake up probably seven o'clock on the weekend, maybe yeah. seven thirty. So it's only probably an hour past what my normal wake time would be with an alarm. Yeah. I know that you know waking up with an alarm is not ideal, but you know, sometimes when you've got a 6.30 a.m. session, wake up at 5.30 is a bit tough. Yeah. Um, so the benefit of that is that, but there's like a street light <laughs> where if I fucking sleep in a certain fucked. position, yeah. like it beams through the corner of my yeah. blind into my eye. And I'm like, I feel like sometimes I can oh, like do my own head in because like I know. That's there. Yeah, well, and that, and I'm like, oh, so this light's beaming. Like, I can't stay, I can't wake, I can't sleep, you know, because yeah. it's going to, it's wrong. It's going to overstimulate yeah, me yeah, and yeah. shit, you know. So I'm like, I'm just like, Jace, just fucking calm down and roll over <laughs> and face the wall. So um, that's, that's the flip side of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, outside of that, so yeah, getting the dew light or the, the, the lamp that rises like a, like the sun is, is quite important. Uh, but then, yeah, just any opportunity to be outside is a good thing to reinforce. And they're the, they're the things that are like the lowest hanging fruit. They're the things that people I feel can implement straight away. Even just like keeping your sheets clean and all that kind of stuff is really important as well. Um, one thing that I didn't ma- mention that, excuse me, I'm a big believer of is not, not residing in your bedroom. So not spending any time in your bedroom. Yeah. Cause like there's something, I don't know about you, but I don't spend any time in my room or spend very little time in my bedroom. And most of the time when I'm going to bed, it's to sleep. <laughs> All right. Let that one away. <laughs> so most of the time when I lie down, it's like, you know, within 10, 15 minutes I'm yeah. asleep. Like, you know, Steph's always like, oh, you fell asleep so quick last night. And I'm like, that one, like, go, you lie down, it's bedtime. Yeah. Like, that's what you do. Like, yeah. It's quiet, it's cold, it's dark. Yeah. I'm in a comfy ass bed. I've got my own pillow, which I love, if everyone knows me well. Knows <laughs> I love my fucking pillow. So it's time for bed. Yeah. Where if you like sit in your bed and you watch Netflix mm-hmm. and you scroll on your phone and you work in your bedroom, it's like one, you're heating the room up. Two, you're not, you're breaking that association where you're going to bed at sleep yeah. time. You know, so I find that that's not setting the right environment and the right signals to your body to start to drive sleep even more. Yeah. Almost driving wakefulness in, a, in the wrong environment. Yeah, we, we used to um, watch Netflix in bed before we moved here. Um, I never had a problem with it. Um, yeah. I was able to just like cool roll over and go to sleep. Um, but it definitely used to um, keep Amy awake. Yeah. Maybe 20, 30 minutes after the TV had gone on. Yeah. Um, and I definitely noticed that it's much better now. Sometimes she'll even beat me to sleep, which is. Yeah. Um, she used to get shitty at me because I'd just roll yeah. over and go to sleep. Yeah. Like it's TV off by. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely have seen that. Yeah, like we don't have a TV in our bedroom. It's been a discussion yeah. every now and then. Like, 
Um, I think it only really kind of rears his head like when one of us is like really sick and we don't actually leave the bed. Yeah. Um, so it's like, oh, I wouldn't mind TV in there. But yeah. other than that, it's like, you know, in my opinion, it's just like setting the right environment. It's like, I don't really want the TV to be in there. It's like, you know, we go in there, we conversate and whatever. Yeah. It's like, you know, you don't want to be kind of, you know, going into bed and being reliant on watching the TV. I remember when I was um, back home at mum's, like I kind of always had to have the TV on. Yeah like even to sleep I'd wake up and then turn it off and it's like that noise it has to disrupt your ability to get into yeah. like you know REM sleep um, or deep sleep sorry because you like you probably get into REM sleep because your brain's more active and you would listen yeah. to the sounds and you know there's I don't know you can go into the weeds as much as you like here <laughs> on this shit but like um, yeah that in my opinion would only fulfill like some of the benefits from sleep like REM sleep does some stuff and then yeah. non-REM sleep does others like one's like you know one sleep I can't memory remember which stuff. one it is it's like memory and skill acquisition and stuff and then the other one's actually like repair and regeneration of your body yeah. um, so you need them both in whatever amounts and certain amounts certain there's certain stages of the night because every sleep cycle is an hour and a half so it's like yeah. you know you get this much um, you, sorry, the first sleep cycle you might get. So um, there's certain there's a certain distribution of non-REM and REM sleep within the sleep cycle, and those sleep cycles, their distribution of that sleep can change over the night. Yeah. So what your first sleep cycle, for example, might be sixty yeah. percent deep, and then forty percent not like non-REM or sorry REM. Yeah. Um, but that changes over the night. So the last sleep cycle before you wake up is, you know, I think non-REM and less deep sleep. Um, sorry, more REM and less non-REM. Yeah. Um, and that's where you can get a lot of the memory retention and skill acquisition of all those things you've done, yeah. you know, in those previous days. So if you're disrupting that, yeah. um, then you can, you know, maybe that's part of the reason why you can't learn things quickly. And yeah. Um, all that kind of stuff. So it's quite cool. Like it's quite important. Like when we when we start talking about sleep and how important it is. Yeah. And I wonder that um, you know even for all these little things um, can build up to you know starting to influence like even just someone's day to day habits and stuff like how they um, you know how they learn things at work or how we acquire the skill to do a deadlift at the gym or yeah. um, you know if you're learning if you're going to school you know yeah. and you're always and you have real shit sleep and you've got noise in the background and um, you're sleeping with the TV on and all that stuff. Like how is that affecting someone's day-to-day practice and yeah. potentially like, um, you know, influencing like their epigenetics and stuff. I, it's I think it's quite, life, right? well, I think it's quite powerful. Yeah, that's right. Um, so the other one, the other one for the sleep, um, that's, it's not, it's not probably, oh, I think it's still quite valid, but it, they're, those ones we spoke about before, are probably the most um, bang for buck. The next one from there is like, you know, structured meal times. And it's more around the thought process of um, it's daylight, you have daily activities, so you need to support that with food. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't, when you look at it from a, from a rhythm of the day-night cycle, it doesn't make sense to the organism to backload energy, you know, during the evening and just before bed yeah. when you need fuel and your system to, you know, kind of fuel the day's activity. Um, And, you know, you're you're asking your digestive system to work in a situation where it shouldn't. Yeah. It should be asleep. You should be, you know, um, relatively rested um, so that you can sleep and stuff. So, 
you know, if someone's sleep is not that strong, their day-night cycle and, you know, their sleep cycle and all that kind of stuff's not that strong, um, then, yeah, you can start to think about when that person's, you know, eating and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that's another thing as well. So that was leads in a good segue to another question we had um, that was about that nutrient timing. So obviously, partitioning your nutrients more throughout the day rather than at night. Yep. Um, the question specifically was about carbohydrates around training. Yep. So there used to be, I, f- I feel like it's even a polyquinism of um, all your carbohydrates pre and post workout and then the rest of the day just eat protein fat or protein vegetables. Yeah. Um, and I know we've kind of used that in the past. You still subscribe to it. <laughs> had to go. See, could see a war here with it's the dog. It's about to go down. <laughs> Um, do you still subscribe to that element? Um, I, I, I can see benefit in doing that if someone doesn't have a lot of carbohydrate intake and they value training. Yeah. Cause you've got to, um, I guess look at the potential benefit you can get to using carbohydrates around the pre and post workout window. Yep. It's like, you know, uh, we use glucose from the carbs like as a fuel source much easier than, um, fat and, I don't think we use protein. Yeah. So there's a benefit there. Recovery-wise, it's like there's you know said benefits from having carbs and protein you know from a, a rate of digestion point to you know kind of driving things into the cell amino acids and glycogen. I mean that's a bit dubious still. Yeah. But either way, it's like is there a disadvantage to doing them together? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you've got to think about it from the other perspective of like. You know, the, you know, we talked about it in other podcasts gone, is like the methods that apply to the individual. So yeah. if they don't have a lot of carbohydrates and you know, you're gonna use them all in the pre and post workout window, it's like, is that desirable? Are they gonna be more compliant on their diet by having them somewhere else in the day? Yeah. Um, so I do subscribe to it, especially if maybe the pre more so, um, yeah. because if someone doesn't utilize carbs very well, then training is going to help do that. But I think at the end of the day, it's only looking at it in that really small life scope yeah, yeah, when yeah. you kind of need big to look at things stuff, in a big, yeah. in a bigger picture. So, so, so I feel like if you're hitting your calorie goals to start with, hitting your protein goals to start with, yeah. carbohydrate and fat goals to start like as an overall, yeah, then it would be like, okay, how much carbohydrates do you actually have available? Yeah. Um, if you're in the depth of the diet and you're on low carbohydrates overall, then maybe prioritizing them to yeah. give you energy to train because obviously if you're on that low carbohydrates, you're more than likely, um, your primary goal is fat loss. Yeah. So you want to be able to train as hard as you can to elicit yeah. the training response Yeah. Um, in that time, burn more calories, that kind of stuff. Whereas I feel like most of my clients at maintenance level calories are never in they're not depleted of glycogen a depletion, a about, depleted yeah. state where um, yeah. I think it was Lou Tully put up a story last week about like training first thing in the morning fasted he's like logically you should have enough yeah um, glycogen glycogen stored to be able to get through a one hour weight training session yeah he said they're the correlation might into performance may actually be more from 
um, brain chemistry, so dopamine release and that kind of stuff. Yeah, okay. That allows you to A, concentrate, B, want to train, C, maybe take your yeah. workouts a little bit further. We've spoken about it in the past, there's like a huge psychological component to nutrition and training where some people just feel better. I remember that's feel yeah. subjective as well. Yeah. So there's like, that's where that interpersonal yeah. um, method to nutrition applies. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't think that, it, it's hard with the fat loss perspective too. It's like you're driving calories, so you're driving fat loss and you wanna make sure that carbs are, you know, maybe allocated around session for performance. And then it's like, but you also wanna drive compliance yeah. as well. Yeah. So then it's like, I've been well. in this, yeah, and I've been in situations where it's like I could eat 70, 80 grams of carbs around my workout. Yeah. And it's probably better in a performance standpoint to maybe drink them, mm-hmm. um, you know, just from absorption yeah. and that, whatever. Yeah, well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, so then you've got to think like, well, fuck that because like that's not going to satiate me. Yeah. Um, 80 grams of carbs a day, I want yeah. like all of that to be from pumpkin. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, so um, anyone that follows my uh, Instagram will see that I'm a big fan of the, those low carb potatoes and. Yeah very similar macros to a pumpkin it's like eight grams of carbs per hundred grams so it's yeah. like when things aren't going very well um calorie wise it's like they're being boiled yeah so they're heavy as possible yeah. the skin is being left on yeah um so i can get enough fiber in the diet and yeah like i'm eating as much of those as i can yeah. just to get volume in, into the um into my stomach to which is another um influence of like being satiated and feeling full so yeah. it's going to correlate to me being compliant so it's like yeah, we want performance, but we also want compliance. Yeah. Um, so we've Trade got to front. really try and, where are we on this continuum of like, you know, the person, the diet, the calories, where we're moving them with their goal, yeah. um, what's going to be the best for that person. Um, so yeah, I think that it doesn't, it's not a, it's not one of those major pillars, the timing of your car, it's not a major pillar, um, but it has application in some situations at some point. Yeah. Am I going to address someone's carb timing straight off the bat? The only time I'm probably going to do that is if I'm building good habits with nutrition and yeah. we don't want to go into the weeds on carbs and grams of this and calories and all that. So yeah. my, something really simple, which we use um, as our phase one um, nutrition, which is more about habits, is just yeah. like... You know, four meals in a day, all of them have protein, two of them have carbs and protein, um, two of them have fat and protein. Um, All of them are to have at least a veg or a um, a salad in them. And it's like the the carb ones are better, better, like what I don't even know what that means now. (laughs) Um, But it's like pre and post. Um, However, if you don't want to do that, you don't have to. That's about as far as we go. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. as that you know establishing good foundations of nutrition kind of yeah. thing so. I feel like if you're eating your calories and your macros over the 24 hour period you're probably 90% of the way there um, yeah and then I would be looking at protein distribution more so than carbohydrate distribution protein distribution is way more important for body composition anyway yeah. so you're looking at um, triggering protein synthesis multiple times per day not too frequently that um, yeah the the you get a um, down regulation of the response. I think it's four times a day. Yeah, like it, that was on the kind of on the weekend again. Um, just yeah. gone. We did uh, like Danny Leonard from Sigma Sigma yeah. Nutrition um, did a presentation on that, <coughs> and uh, it was kind of 
the focus around this like timing of food was more on the protein side of it. Yeah. And it's kind of like really um, prominent now is something that happened that, you know, a lot of people speak about, which yeah. is that frequent free feeding of protein, which is like 20 to 40 grams will give you, depending on the food source, about two to three grams of leucine, which yeah. is the, uh, the trigger of, um, of, mTOR, um, which is only a cog in the wheel of, um, you know, protein turnover and, and building muscle and stuff. However, <coughs> it's still the most notable one that we have um, at the moment. And uh, protein is the one that signals that uh, from a diet perspective yeah. um, and isolating the leucine as the amino acid. So yeah, it's something to take into consideration more than yeah. anything else. So I believe, um, I actually heard it on Lane's podcast probably five months ago now, but I believe the study they're kind of looking out at the moment was they tested I think I feel like it was actually trained people that's why yeah he did his PhD on it, on it. yeah he did his PhD um, on it protein so training. like two times per day uh, so four times per day was better than two times per day but six times per day was no better than four, four times, times per day yeah. so it's kind of like four to six times um, I would only be going kind of up to that six times per day. If you got heaps of food. If you got to eat a shitload. Yeah. You know, if you're a big human and you need to eat lots, you need to increase yeah. your frequency to get, if you're a hundred kilos, um, you're looking at two grams, yeah. 2.5 grams per kilo. It's, yeah. It's I, a just, lot of food. <coughs> I just divided up over someone's protein allocation for the day. Yeah. Based off their body weight. Yeah. <clears throat> so if someone's like, I'm eating 240 grams at the moment. Yeah. So it's like, four meals of 60 grams or six meals of 40 grams. Um, so six meals of 40 grams is easier to yeah. eat. Yeah. Um, Cause eating 60 grams of protein um, from chicken is probably like 250 to 300 grams yeah. of meat. And that's a lot of chewing. It's a big setting. Yeah, it's a lot yeah. of chewing. So I, which I can't be fucked with. So, yeah. um, and it's like, I don't see the point in just hitting that 60 gram threshold. Yeah. Some anyway, if I'm staying awake for a long period of time, if it's a short day, on, yeah, like you know, short feeding time and busy with work it's different it's like yeah. you know being able to work on the fly kind of thing yeah. which is one of the reasons my, my coach hates how reactive I am with food like yeah, he likes yeah. being he's the kind of prep for the next month cook all your food for, oh, I'm being exaggerated yeah, about, you yeah. know what I mean where I like to be a little bit reactive on the in the sense of like you know yeah, if yeah. something goes wrong your whole food your whole day's yeah. thrown out where I'm like if I have a reactive mentality it's like yeah sure I've got three pre-cooked meals yeah but I now can I can do three others yeah. to fill the gaps to kind of makes me feel better. But yeah. you know, when you, it's kind of dealing with like someone who's very regimented and dealing with someone who's kind of in the middle, it's like going to be just that, that just works for them. doesn't work for them, for yeah. me kind of thing. So, um, so yeah. So complete sidestep. I believe during the week you asked about a detox. Oh yeah. <laughs> nah, nah. So, look. All fairness for those to, for those at home, Jason just stroked his beard. For all fairness, ah, yeah, sure. I'm just um, gonna have a nap. <laughs> for all fairness to my client, she did ask. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like she did to roll me up more than. <laughs> but then I kind of also feel like if I said pull the trigger on it, she would have done it. Yeah. And there's a lot of people out there that would have pulled the trigger on it. Um, because they don't know or they would have told someone to pull, well no 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 they would have pulled the trigger on it because they don't know and they would have pulled the trigger on it because they're financially invested in the shit that they're selling Yeah. so most of the time I'm like just explain to me what it is and they're like oh um, it's you know you take all these fucking supplements and I'm like do you know what they are she's like nah 
And I was like, okay, um, which is fair enough. Most people don't. Yeah. Um, and then it was like, you can only have fruits, vegetables and salads and water. Your typical fucking bullshit detox. <laughs> and so I was found it very hard to stay level-headed in my head yeah. because I was like, fuck, people still do this. And it was just another big reminder, and we've already spoken about this a lot, um, that a lot of that stuff we're actually losing. We're not winning when it comes to us delivering this information yeah. about like what actually happens. We're, we're not winning at all. Yeah. Um, and that just gives, it was a little reminder of that. It kind of hit me in the feels a bit like, you know, uh, but it's okay. Kind of still you know, bounces me out of bed to send this message. Yeah. Um, so then I was like, okay, so what do you want to achieve out of the detox? That was my, because there's something. Mm-hmm. There's always something that the detox is supposed to do for them. Yeah. So I'm like, what is it? And they're like, oh, I, I just want to lose a little more weight. I'm like, okay. <clears throat> so we're prepping for an event and you know this person has to wear a dress. And um, so I'm like, okay, well, you know, we've dropped where, you know, X amount of weight and you know, we kind of relaxed a bit over the Christmas period and we've driven again to this period. Now we've got a week to go. Yeah. And the whole time I was like, you know, you need to push performance in the gym. You know, I, I don't like the mentality that nutrition makes someone uh, yeah. look good. It doesn't. Um, I feel like, you know, people can lose 10, 15 kilos and still not look good naked. Yeah, um, yeah. In my opinion, if you want to look good naked, you've got to work out, you've got to train properly. Yeah. Um, so I know this particular person wants to do that. So I'm just like, work yeah. out in the gym. I'm like, you want to lose weight or you want to look good naked? Like, yeah. you tell me. Because I'm like, I can make you lose weight. Yeah. Like, just go and eat ice, ice cubes ice. and... Yeah go on the sauna and stuff. And I'm like, that's not going to fix anything. Yeah. You know, so, um, kind of got past that, which was fine. And I'm like, are you eating, you know, adequate fruits and vegetables? Yes. Are you drinking adequate amounts of water? Yes. Are you having good quality sources of protein? Yes. Are you having adequate protein in the diet? Yes. And I'm like, so you're actually doing everything that supports detoxification already. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, is there anything wrong with your digestive system? No. Do you have a healthy, you know, gastrointestinal tract. Yes. I know she does because we've had it looked at when I first met her because she had some issues with digestion in the past. Yeah. So I'm like, you're doing everything that supports detoxification. I'm like, does, I'd be really surprised if the person that was suggesting it to you actually knew what detoxification means. And we've spoken about this in the other podcast. Like we need to take ownership of that word back. It's not a fucking buzzword that like, you know, some chick in yoga pants on a fucking mat drinking a green smoothie, <laughs> you know, is, like, I, I know that's a very general uh, saying, but it's like, we're not, we need to take ownership of that. It's not yeah. some person who's like heavily financially invested in something, selling this idea that's bullshit. Yeah. It's like, we got to take ownership of that word detoxification again. Like, you know, it's fucking someone selling bullshit products to, you know, basically fill their own pockets. Yeah. Um, and even the, the detoxification protocols that say I've gotten caught up in in the past and influenced, they're only, they support detoxification. They yeah. aren't detoxification. Yeah. So it's, you know, having adequate amino acids. Like it, it makes no fucking sense to me to have a diet that has veggies, fruit, this and that, no fucking protein, if you're trying to support detoxification because it's like yeah. you need amino acids to drive detoxification. That's yeah. what they do. So yeah. it's like, yeah, you can make some amino acids out of like foods like because they're non-essential. I get it. But it's like, aren't you supposed to support it? So supporting it would mean 
give it the resources. Isn't there a large part of the body's protein turner, turnover required <sighs> within the gastric system itself too? Like, I, yeah, just replacing tissue, I think. I'm not too sure, it's, it's, but there would be a, a certain amount. I feel like it's only like a week that your entire... Um, maybe it's your intestines. Yeah, it's every five... So five, five days and you're... Your, I know, I'm pretty sure five days and you get a whole new stomach line. Yeah, so it's like that. And that's made out of like protein and yeah. collagen, which is from amino acids. Yeah. Um, so, and I, yeah, like I was saying, I get that there's like essential and non essential, and the non essential ones can get made um, through these really fucking cool pathways and stuff. But it's, you, you're, if you're trying to support, means you're giving, mm. you know what I mean? You're making it easier. To making it easier for the liver yeah, to, to like take these um, toxins and convert them into something that is easily bindable to something to expel it out of the body, yeah. um, and then obviously driving, um, you know, sweating, going to the toilet, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. it doesn't make any fucking sense to me to put someone on some bullshit greens drink and stuff and telling them not to eat fucking protein and then and then jamming a heap of pills into them yeah. it's like if you have a healthy diet if you have a healthy uh like intestine stomach yeah. you drink plenty of water you make sure you're sweating going to the toilet um you know and you've got like sure don't eat foods that make you make you feel like shit and they play around with your stomach but it's like aren't you doing enough there yeah but and that's that's the point i think is important um I had this conversation with a client last week. We are discussing kind of some things in my diet that people may have issues with. So I eat Nutri-Grain quite often. Um, and a couple other things that... I think it was uh, coconut water that I mentioned. Is like, Watermelon? Isn't yeah. It's fucking awful. <laughs> um, I think he was like, oh, isn't that just all sugar? I'm like, yeah. He goes, doesn't that like wreck your gut health? I was like, well... If you're eating a complete diet, you're hitting your macronutrients, you're hitting your fiber. What does that mean though? Like sugar wrecks your gut health. And it's and that's it. I we don't know. I feel like no. So I think the biggest misconception we have is, um, and, and I actually got this example from you, that seems to put it in perspective for most of most clients. It's like when you have a dog that don't fight on the couch when you do a podcast. <laughs> Just so you guys know, the limit for a Blue Healer's attention span to stay still is about three hours. Yeah. And after that's over. Yeah. <laughs> now we're going to spend the next eight hours after this walking them. Yes. Um, but yeah, so if you have a dog, um, so I even noticed that with Indy, if we run out of the um, tucker tub I spoke about in the last episode, the, yeah. um, the meat, she goes to dry food, her digestion takes yeah. a day or two to catch up. Yeah. She doesn't have the enzymes to break down that food. Yeah. So there are, seems to be, and even having a, this is me just pulling stuff from different people and yeah. kind of putting pieces together. There seems to be, each individual has their own profile of yeah. basic um, enzyme profiles. Then they have that affected by the food that they eat as well. Yeah. So, we, we've talked about on the podcast before, like the Twinkie and banana blood sugar test. Yeah. Um, so, like, some people responded with huge yeah, blood huge sugar spikes. Yeah, huge response to the to Either the with banana. a Twinkie or, or a banana. The, or the, yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. it's like, it went either way. So, what... I think it was a cookie as well, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah it's a cookie too, yeah. So, what's really hard to get across to the general public that are being told 
oh, like gut health this, detox that, fucking um, this is bad for gut health, this is good for gut health. Every second ad on TV at the moment is another supplement that's good bacteria for the gut, blah, 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 blah. blah. It's like, well, okay, so Greek yogurt is full of um, probiotics and good bacteria for the gut. One of my clients fucking breaks out from under her eyes to her chin yeah. in a rash every time she eats Greek yogurt. Yeah, it's yeah. It's not a lactose thing. Mm. Like she can have milk, she can have ice cream, and be fine. Eats heaps of cheese, no issues. But Greek yogurt, whatever's in it, affects her skin. Yeah. So it's like that. She doesn't have the enzyme profile to deal with that food. Whether that or it's like some form of like immune response that is basically yeah sending a signal that she doesn't you know her body doesn't like that food. yeah and that's that's what I'm trying to get across to my clients is like stop buying into the gut health click word that's yeah. right now and yeah. start looking at eat a food how do you feel an hour 30 minutes 60 minutes mm. 120 minutes how do you feel after that yeah oh I feel good okay great keep doing it yeah oh I feel shit maybe stop doing it yeah. Or eat less of it. It's the best place to start. And like understanding the, like, uh, the, how the gut is structured and the lining of the stomach structured and the way you can influence just that repair and, you know, I guess like overall maintenance and like gatekeeper stuff that you can do, I guess yeah. you call it, um, just to help, you know, with that process. It's, it's gotten, it doesn't have much to do with how green your drink is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that, like, yeah, we, I did a, like, a, a mentoring session with my coach, and, you know, the major driver of the gut health um, topic that we're talking about was, like, collagen and methionine and glutamate, like, which are the things that help, you know, repair the stomach lining. Yeah. And they were, you know, the really big uh, focus was around uh, using, like, uh, like collagenous meat. So it's talk, we're talking, like, lamb shanks and yeah. bony pieces of meat and cooking yeah. them slowly so they kind of you know i guess like go into the meat now i know if you're a vegetarian and stuff like that's not going to be a thing but it's like it is a is, is a way to yeah. um you know and for me i'm like well i don't really have any gut issues but am i going to do that of course i'm going to do that like yeah. it just keeps things ticking over don't need to do it every day yeah. but it's like i might get like you guys have seen the slow cooked meals I do every now and then I throw a big bony piece of meat in there it's like yeah. alright cool ticking that box or um, I'll use the bone broth the yeah. concentrated bone broth that's got the um, the collagen in it um, and the gelatin uh, already in there and it's just like I cook my rice in it Yeah. so they're the, they're, they make more sense um, from like a an actual factual perspective than just like selling, just getting some hot chicken tights on Instagram. He's got a hundred thousand yeah. followers to sell a supplement program that she's probably got a 10% discount code on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, I guess it's just part of the message that we need to try and push out that, yeah. you know, these things aren't driving the detoxification It's supporting your liver, yeah. supporting your kidneys and supporting your digestive system through balanced diet, hydration status and ways to expel the toxins, which is sweat going to the bathroom. You know. Yeah, I feel like if you just focus on to start with eating foods that like you, which we talk about all the time in this yeah. podcast, eat foods that like you. I would just say in most cases, most clients are going to be in a pretty good spot. Yeah. And then if you have some stuff going on, then investigate it. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Until that point, like fuck, just eat. Yeah. Eat foods that you respond well to that 
don't cause gastric upset and stuff. Like Jay said, um, for me, I do that. Like when I go out, I'll eat bony meat and stuff like mm. that. Like, um, shanks or whatever to yeah. try and get that, that in. But day to day, I tend not to, to yeah. eat that type of food that much. Um, but I feel like, like I have good days and bad days in terms of my digestion, but it's usually when I change what I eat. Yeah, d- digestion's influenced by so many things because there's like an, there's a, obviously a, a well-known link between the brain and the stomach and the stomach yeah. and the brain and we don't know really if one influences the other or the other influences each other or they influence each other. So it's like if your perception of your day is a certain way, yeah. does that mean that it, like your digestion has to be affected from that? If there's yeah. a link, if there's a direct line between them two, it yeah. means that they it means they cross pollinate information. Yeah, I can tell you hundred percent stress affects my diet. Fucking if it does. Even more than the food I eat. I think um <clears throat> even from the weekend was it from the weekend or did I watch a video on something? Anyway, um where it was like uh your perception of like stress starts to centralize within the body. Mm-hmm. So depending on how chronic and how powerful someone's stress load is it will start to go from the peripherals to the central part of the body. And it's like, you know, um, organ tissue. And that's where like visceral fat can manifest from and potentially digestive issues as well. Yeah. So it's like, it goes hand in hand. So just because you're drinking fucking kombucha, um, you know, on the regular, doesn't mean that, you know, your diet, your gut health is going to be good or whatever because you're, you could be a, just a stressed mess or the, yeah. your perception of your reality is one of the reasons why you're stressed and stuff. So yeah. it's just like, again, another another way that people are preying on like the naive... Yes, capitalizing. Yeah, and it's not to... So, you know, just in case my client watches this, I'm, like we're not getting... I'm not getting... Targeting this person or targeting you guys as a consumer, targeting the people who are the suppliers. Yeah. And so I stop supplying bullshit fucking products to people who don't know what they're talking about, who are willing to pour their gut. Like we, we talk about this all the time. People buy outcomes. Yeah. People buy the outcome. So if I walk up to someone and say, you know, you want to get jacked in 12 weeks time, you take this supplement and you're going to get fucking jacked. They're going to buy it yeah. because they're buying the outcome. They're not buying the supplement. They don't give a fuck what the supplement is. Yeah. Right. And that is why... That is, so to say it's marketing 101. It's how the supplement industry exists. But it's people, people know that. So yeah. as, the, as, the, as the buyer, you have to at some point have a little bit of, like I would like to research stuff that I'm going to take. Yeah. I don't know about anybody else, but that I'm a big like, Most I'm going to go and do this. Yeah. I need to know what's happening. Yeah. And I kind of feel like a little bit more awareness, a little bit more ownership from the consumer needs to be there. And it's like, okay, so if I'm going to do this, you know, I'm gonna, if I, when you really think about it, you're going to eat vegetables and fruits and salads for a fucking week. Yeah. So like, just try and rationalize that for yourself. Mm. Like, what is that actually going to do? Yeah. Like, I'm not saying it's bad because there's vegetarians out there. I get it. But I'm going to like, but what is, what purpose is it serving for you? Like, does that, like, does that person who has a vegetarian diet really support their detoxification pathways any differently than someone who is an omnivorous who's on an omnivorous diet, yeah. which is omnivorous is meat and yeah. yeah. It's like, I don't really think that they're much different. Yeah, totally and if they are, arguably better. well, if they are, you can support it differently. Like yeah. I support my 
detoxification pathway more because I work out a lot and I eat a lot of food. I'm a bit of a stress head. So it's like, you know, a little bit of glutathione in the morning goes a long way. Um, and yeah, I'll take like a B vitamin supplement, but that's about it. And it's like the B vitamin stuff does more than just that, but it's like, it kind of helps manage. It's not in the eyes crossing the teeth. It's like, don't invest your money in shit like that. Invest your money in someone who's gonna teach you how to fix yourself long-term. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, doing your fucking vine leaf wrap and you know, what other <laughs> fucking bullshit they got a squeeze of lemon. Oh, it's a squeeze of lemon in the morning with water. I'm like, cool. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. So Al- you go. Alkaline, bro. So you, you want you want lemon flavored water. That's yeah. really gonna fucking tip the scales. Like, you know, I feel like just, yeah, we need to just take a bit of a step back and have an understanding of like, if it was that fucking easy, man, everyone would be doing it that way. Yeah. It's like, it's a balanced diet. I get that there's complex layers to all of that stuff. You know, there's psychology to nutrition, there's obviously training, there's that whole motivation and commitment thing. There's a lot of things happening here, but it's like where this endeavor for the podcast is us trying to find the answers. It's trying to yeah. ask people, talk to us, you know, go in the depths of our brains. We've had conversations in the past and bring this to the, to the platform and it's, um, you know, this is where these things need to come out. Don't go buying shit off someone um, who's selling you a fucking juice program. Yeah, it, it just just before we move on from that topic. So um, at the Muscle Camp weekend, um, I don't know if you remember on the Sunday, I said to you, so I was having um, chicken, like a, ca- a kale salad and potato oh, the salad. potato salad, yeah. And I said to, said to you um, after lunch the second day, I'm like, man, I'm just like not responding well to this potato salad. Yeah, um, it is just not agreeing with me at all. Just bloated, felt crappy, um, sleepy. I was like, "Fuck!" Like, all right, there's something either in the sauce itself, or it's the eggs. Cause I haven't had them for a while, or something. Um, so I got home, and I, the Friday night, I went shopping for food for the week, and I bought, went down the health aisle, and I was like, "I just want some like protein balls or something that I could just at a light, I can eat, have a fairly high amount of carbohydrates because we're gonna train." Four day, four times in two days. Um, so I picked up these balls that were it was like dates, nuts, cacao, yeah. a couple other bits and pieces. Um, the labels all over it were like GMO free and healthy and organic and blah 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 blah. Um, so I was like, oh, whatever, I'll just grab a couple of them. So on the second day, I had a few before we trained. Then we went straight to lunch, ate lunch, and it just so happened that after lunch I was starting to struggle. Um, came home and I still had three quarters of that tub left and I actually took a photo of the front, took a photo of the back of the macros because I had a couple of guys, um, that were struggling to hit their carbohydrates and it was like 60% carbs. Yeah. So I was like, and I ate the thing in five minutes. Yeah. Um, 30 minutes later, I sent the same group of guys a photo of Amy's face after I just dropped a nuclear bomb. <laughs> I was just like, okay, these do not agree with my digestion. Yeah. You're welcome to try them if you like, but it's like everything in there was like healthy and whole food and stuff, but for whatever reason, didn't agree with me, so I'm just mm. not gonna eat them again. You gotta, um, <laughs> you, have, you also um, have to think about the amount of um, amount of food that you ate mm. as well. Like uh, dates are really, um, Dosage is important. Yeah, dates are good for cleansing the system, guys. Yeah. Uh, so if you are in a situation where you know maybe going to the toilet is a bit of an issue, yeah. Um, yeah, like a few dates will sort you out. So <laughs> as soon as you said they had dates in them, I'm like, <laughs> we just ate too many of them. <laughs> it's like 
your body thinks you need to go to the toilet. Anyway, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a really uh, plausible example. It's like food does respond to everyone differently. Like we can have the same food and one of us can feel great and the other one cannot feel so good. So, yeah. um, and then just to close off, like it's one of the reasons why it's really important to have a wide variety of food sources as well. Mm. Um, Cause they, like we still don't really know that much about like the microbiome and stuff. Like they actually think there's like, like trillions of bacteria um, and so just going and isolating one, you know, specific strains, yeah. there's probably strains that we've never even heard of. So, yeah, so I, I think that, you know, health pass is like, it has 10,000 different ones. It's like, yeah, that's cute. Yeah. It's heaps. Really? <laughs> yeah. There's absolutely heaps. So yeah. it's just, um, I'm not saying it's not, um, like it's not something that we should like ignore, but it's certainly not, we can't give enough information yet. Like I don't really think that anyone can give enough conclusive information about like, you know, take this or do this, do that with your gut health. So yeah. It's just like go back to the the lower hanging fruit of like a wide variety of foods. Like make sure you get some foods that come out of the ground. Like root vegetables are really good for your gut health. They have a lot of prebiotics in them as well, which feed you know your probiotics um, in your stomach. So you just got to make sure that you're having a balance of the both. Um, and yeah, like drink lots of water and make sure you're managing your stress. And if systems, uh, sorry, if symptoms still persist, then you've got to dig deeper. And I don't really think that your personal trainer should be, yeah. you know, someone who's digging deep for you doing yeah. that. Like, it's like, yeah, sure. You get like one of my clients was getting, um, skin like hives from eating. Oh, I can't remember what food it was. And I was like, okay, so that's something that needs to be addressed. Cause your skin is an indicator of like, you know, an immune response. Yep. So yeah, delve a little bit deeper, eliminate it out, you know, a couple of little treatments from um, this naturopath and food's back in and we're all good. So um, yeah, it's it's not a blank. You can't just say do this and do that and drink kombucha and all that kind of stuff. It just does my fucking head in yeah. sometimes. I feel like, yeah. Yeah, the kombucha yeah. one's interesting. I just like the taste of it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not bagging have, it, but I'm bagging it. Nah, it's just good to have that, not yeah. Code Zero for once. Yeah, yeah, well. It's like, it's like so. a low calorie soft drink that tastes all right. Yeah. I don't see there's any more than that. That's all right. You can taste, you can sell it to yourself however you want, right? That's all good. All right, let's move on to the next uh, one. I think I went way too far on that one. So we had some programming questions. Um, so first one. Do you want to, maybe we'll do the top one and then we'll go in because they're all training. Gotcha. Yep. So yeah. eating less calories training day. So we kind of talked about this in the last episode. Yeah. So what's like, the, so they're eating less on training days? On so, non-training days. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I was like, yeah. Does that mean you eat more on non-training days? Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, this one's... Uh, well, we went into, uh, what, two episodes ago? Or last episode? Last episode yeah. So I went to uh, see Danny Lennon present from Sigma Nutrition. We just did like uh, an, um, body composition, optimizing body composition with nutrition seminar. And it was... Um, the way he presented it was actually really good because it's like, you know, it's all really good to know stuff, but it's like just to have someone else's perspective and kind of line it out and then go, oh, cool. So this could work for someone in this situation. But yeah. again, the biggest thing that um, Danny was like presenting and we are really big believers on it as well. And anyone who actually knows what the fuck's going on is going to say the same thing about nutrition. And it's like, understand the principles first before you start looking at all these intricate methods. So when we're talking about diet and you know, like this is part of our message. You know, and that's the one thing that I've really started to like, you know, come up, yeah, yeah, and come, come about is that this is part of the message and the message is for us. It's like, you need to be managing your, your protein intake and your fiber in your diet. You need to 
some way manage your portions and that's relating to your total energy intake over the day and your food and drink so it's your calories and stuff and like whether you track that meticulously or you find another way to manage your portions you're still doing it yeah. just on a different way um and then you that needs to be managed over the week so it's not a 24-hour window where you know the strike at midnight and your energy expenditure clock ticks over um it's better used over a weekly time frame yeah so then we look at how can we take all of those things um and influence someone's goals so it's like fat loss we need yep. to create a deficit of energy we can draw back from food and increase output from training potentially um or if they want lean mass gains you could potentially drive um food up so they're or, and even then they actually think that most of the the lean mass gains are driven from training over nutrition because yep. you kind of get enough already uh, but that's a, probably another podcast and i'm sure someone else will argue with me on that um but yeah then after that it's just like what do you want to do like I've, we we spoke about it either last episode or the episode before i actually enjoy eating less on training days and more on um sorry less on non-training days and more on training days just because it makes me more conscious of my food and okay. it kind of gives me this signal that it's fucking game time yeah like that i'm actually in a fat loss phase it's like my coach was like you know i do cardio in the morning first thing of the day because it kind of puts in my mind that it's fucking game on yeah yeah he's like it's the only reason why i do it and yeah. i'm like cool, yeah cool and doesn't that doesn't sit well for me i'm like i don't really care yeah <laughs> i'll just do it i'll just do it later kind yeah, of thing yeah. but but me being very conscious about my food makes me puts me in that same yeah. frame of mind in my opinion so i enjoy the the low and the high days. It also allows me to eat a little bit more on the days I'm training. Because like at the end of the day, I'm trying to lose body fat. So it's like I have to be in a deficit yeah. of energy. Yeah. So now I'm just I'm just loading that energy over that week to, around my workout. And then, I mean, I still work out some days on the lower days, but yeah. it's more like lower muscle group, yeah. smaller muscle group stuff. So yeah, I feel like you should say something. There <laughs> <laughs> you go. Yeah, 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 I was going off there. Yeah, well, like... I can kind of see the theory um, being that one day you're in a deficit, so you're going to mobilize and oxidize more body fat. Yeah. Theory. And then on training days, the idea would be that you have the nutrient support to um, build lean muscle or at least preserve more lean muscle. Um, I remember we raised this at the Broderick seminar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Seminar, and then Broderick just went fucking off. Yeah. He's like, well, when you're recovering from a workout, you recover from the workout that day, you're recovering from that workout for 72 hours. And I was like, well, for 72 hours. And he went, so why the fuck would you eat less? The next day, I was like, well, yeah, okay. So you can, you can take a few different <laughs> viewpoints of it. For me, it comes down to adherence. Mm. It comes down to personal preference. Um, introducing variable days would create stress for me so mm. i would probably like i said in the last episode would find a way to simplify that anyway so that might mean introducing an intra-workout um, carbohydrate supplement yeah that then i would be tapering my calories using that so one day i might have 200 calories like pre and during and post-workout yeah primarily from a drink um which then i can just not have the drink on days I don't train, which then means my meals are exactly the same. Yeah. Um, but yeah, personally, I would just rather eat the same thing every day. Yeah. I don't think I've seen dramatic changes 
from either to either um, with clients. Um, I had a, a, a robot client last year that I tried it with. I didn't see anything dramatically change in a linear approach versus undulating approach. One thing I will say is the most uh, game-changing manipulation of calorie intake I've seen is four-week calorie cycling. Yeah, so I, I don't know if this is the bro talking to me now, uh, but I've seen some pretty notable changes uh, personally and even just like uh, with some people that I follow on social media that ca- calorie cycle. Yeah. Um, and I guess some, one way I could potentially rationalize that would be... So, so when you say calorie cycling, you're talking weekly. still in a week? Yeah, in a week. Or, yep. In a week. Yep. Um, so one way I could potentially rationalize that is if you're... So, because like none of the research is going to support this stuff because one, they're probably not going to find people highly trained enough to respond to. Yep. And two, they're not really going to be able to kind of quantify... I feel like it'd be really hard to quantify how successful it is because yeah. there's so much like variance and you don't know if someone could report yeah. on it and stuff. So I, get, I add a, sorry, before you go on, can I just have one caveat? Nah. If you're already lean and want to <laughs> get healed and you're on really low calories, yeah. then I would be more interested in it. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that was probably where I was going to go with it. So if you're, what I, so again, this is only my opinion, so it's probably worth nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so what I think and feel in my opinion so everyone who's science and evidence based is going to turn off now um, is science that doesn't care how if you feel, you're Jason. yeah that's right <laughs> if you're if you're a, an, an athlete and a high responder to training nutrition and you put yourself in that situation you know because we always talk about like when do you make these adjustments to the diet when do we make these things with adaptations around the corner and all that kind of stuff and people are like two weeks of gen pop one week for a, an athlete so it's like, why are we saying that? Yeah. So we're basically saying that someone's a high responder because they're absolutely meticulous with their weekly and daily behaviors and their diet, and this person's not, and it's gonna take longer for this person to get to A to B than this person's gonna get to A to B. Yeah. That, they're just, it's the, in my opinion, it's the 10K step thing. It's like they just put a number out and said, you gotta hit this, right? So what if highly trained individuals were responsive enough to manipulate their calorie intake on a daily basis and get benefit from it yeah so it's like no it's not for the you know average gym goer you know like 15 25 percent plus body fat hasn't really spent much time in the gym but it's like when you look at some physique sports and competitors and whatnot like I've seen them change, you know, even just observe, ob- observing them. I'm like, and you know, and they're like, yeah, we're you know, manipulating calories yeah. through the week and stuff. Like, sure, the principles still matter, but the method could still place be placed in a situation where they could get a really good result out of it. So yeah. I'm not going to discredit it because I've seen like evidence success leaves clues for me. Yeah. So irrespective of whether the literature supports it or whatever, yeah. if something's working, I'm always like, why? Yeah. What could it be? Um, so yeah I'm still not sold that it's the holy grail but I'm not going to dispel it because there's not enough evidence to support it yet I I agree 100% and the message there is it's a tool that should be played when everything else is already in place yeah that's a a very advanced nutrition and I think we accept that um someone who would be thinking about this as maybe already 
nailing everything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there are people that will pick up a magazine and will say, oh, you should undulate your calories and then they attempt to undulate their calories but they're already undulating their calories because they eat over on the weekend and they eat under on yeah. weekdays or they miss meals and they're not within 5% of their targets every single day um, over a long period of time and could just yeah. benefit from being in a deficit for a long time. Yeah. Um, and then once you get to that point where you are finely tuned all the stuff that we've talked about today, you're sleeping properly, you know what food's like you, you're hitting your targets, you're training hard, you're programming sorted, you know what you're doing in the gym, everything's lined up, cool, now try this thing and see yeah. if you get a response because if all of those are variables, you're going to have no idea whether it worked or not. Yeah. Cause it, and it most likely won't because it's like, well, if you're already undulating your calories because you're not consistent. Yeah, I think um, I read it in, uh, is it Fat Loss Forever maybe? I read lots of books about the same shit, so I don't know like, I don't know who's <laughs> Where did that book? come from? I don't know who's book. I'm pretty sure it was Fat Loss Forever and uh, they were saying that there could be potential benefit to the like mitigating rebound of weight mm-hmm. if you revisit a higher energy intake more frequently. Yep. The downside to that is that it takes longer. Yeah. But it's like, you know, makes more sense. Yeah. The more yeah. rapid the change, the more resistant the body's going to be to stay there. Yeah. Um, the longer the change, obviously the way you got there is a little less aggressive. Um, and yeah, you've got that time to mitigate that defense system that gets triggered when that body starts losing mass. Yeah. So yeah, it's a couple of things to consider, but I would be more looking at the principles of nutrition first and like what your goal is is eating less calories and training day. It's like, um, it's a good question, but in what circumstance? Yeah. As well. Like, yeah, so I think it's more for probably a fat loss body composition standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. I assume so. If yeah. I, if I had a, so I'm like putting this together, <laughs> I feel like Jordan, I'm just making this up and testing it on you as I say it. Yeah. So my approach would be if I had that robotic client that's going to do everything they're told, all the ducks are in a row. Um, and we we have a, a project to get, Male, like low single digits, female, well under 15%. Um, very lean kind of end point. That's the goal is to get in as good a shape as we possibly can. Um, and they're willing to do anything I tell them. Yeah. Further out, four week calorie cycling, um, probably two weeks in a deficit, one at maintenance, one at proposed slightly so over. Um, and then shift that down week by week. Yeah. Um, over however many months you'd want to do that for, maybe three or four. Yeah. Then by the end of that, they should be fairly lean um, already and they're hyper responsive to caloric changes. Yeah. So we've done that cycling in the past yeah. and it's like on Tuesday when calories do the big jump, it's like, fuck, I can't get any of this food in. By Thursday, man, I'm so hungry. Yeah. So you just adapt to that really quickly. So... Once you're in that position, cool, now I want you to go into daily undulating um, and, and yeah. I would see the most benefit from that, but we're actually t- got tighter control on weekly intake of calories because like when you're trying to get really lean, you don't want to jump five, 600 calories in yeah. a week and then cut back down. It's going to take too much time. Once you get to that point, it's like, okay, the next six weeks is where we're really dialing it in. Mm. 
get you as lean as we possibly can and then bring you out. Yeah. Um, if anyone's seen the pictures of Mason um, from last year, feather quads just yeah. fucking peeled. That's pretty much what we did. Yeah, there. I think um, so that um, is a beautiful example of uh, like how what Danny was saying on the at, in the seminar on the weekend is that like we always look at nutrition so we look at training them like a macro cycle and we look into then we go mesocycle so macro cycles like the long-term goal meso cycles the individual like i guess programs that go yeah. within that goal so you like you might have eight programs in a macro cycle yeah um and then you have your micro cycle which is your week of training so that could be that the volume is this much and yeah. these are the workouts and then you've got your daily you know um like your daily habits that are, um, you know, even more like in mini microcycle, whatever you want to call it, right? <laughs> Which is the daily workouts. And um, he was basically saying that like people pay so much attention to that and they, they kind of need to take a similar approach to the nutrition. And it's yeah. like the long-term goal is fat loss. These are the, fa- the phases of dieting are the, the mesocycles. So the phases are your programs. Yeah. So it's like, sure, we're going to do... So the, this is where these methods come into play. It's like, you might do a time-restricted feeding method or you might do this calorie cycling or you might do uh, 5-2, um, yeah. you know what I mean? Five days under feeding, two over feeding. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you might go linear um, or you might do cycling linear, then 5-2 yeah. um, and then just linear because you've got nothing left um, <laughs> yeah. after that. But it's like, you need to stop looking at it like, just in a macro cycle, like, yeah. oh, you're just gonna lose weight. So we just need to eat in a deficit. It's like these phased principles, these phased dieting methods applied over time yeah. can actually be very beneficial. One from the psychology of a, of a client, you know, based around like, you know, you're not gonna just eat less forever. There's gonna yeah. be phases when food's gonna go up, compliance is gonna be there. Um, you can quantify the results better, it's gonna have better retention of lean body mass from a body composition standpoint. Um, and then you can kind of really get them conscious of just how important the structure of a diet is more than the food. Mm. So it's actually the way the diet is put together and, and, yeah, and yeah. finding what's the sweet point from their compliance too. It's like, which diet do you prefer the best? Yeah. And it's like, if one of them says, I can do any of them, it's yeah. like they're robotic as. Yeah. If one person says, I really like the 5-2, yeah. and 5-2's like... I'm talking a different five two. I'm not talking fucking KFC two days of fucking bullshit eating and five <laughs> days of starvation. Um, and I'm talking like legit five days of like five days of deficit. Two five days, days of, of de- deficit. Two yeah. days maybe at maintenance or slight surplus. So yeah. um, it's just a beautiful example of what you just put there. And it was like that is exactly what Danny was speaking on the weekend and what I was thinking about is like it's just proper application of dieting. Yeah, and I I think. We talk about stages of, ch- of change in coaching, yeah. and quite often you have um, people are willing and able with their training. Yeah, because it's like, well, I could set aside four hours and whatever you tell me to do inside that four hours, I'll do it. Yeah, um, the nutrition one tends to be a little more difficult to get that stage. Yes, yeah. a lot of people are like in contemplation phase a lot of the time. They get into action, but it, they're not in that position where it's just like jump how high yeah. sort of response so it's which you don't have to be either I feel like there's way more layers to nutrition there. yeah it's working with your client yeah. to pick the right meso cycles for that macro cycle yeah. goal so and to be fair it's similar with training it just tends to be people are less are more willing to give 
with training yeah. than they are with nutrition. So like I've got a guy um, at the moment who's kind of like, I just don't really like the um, low rep stuff. Like I just yeah. feel for where I'm at in my life, the return... Yeah, it's not getting you much. The risk to reward yeah. at that point for me is like, seems more dangerous and I like the feeling of leaving the gym yeah. sweaty. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Like your primary goal is like body composition. Hmm. Um, a good way to have you progress with that is with a performance outcome goal. Yeah. If that's not working, we can change it. That's yeah, fine. 100%. Um, so we, it still comes up, but yeah. it, there's less like, um, I feel like probably 70% of my girls, if I walked in tomorrow, I'm like, right, we're all going to um, daily undulating calories or yeah. weekly calorie cycling, they're all going to go, what the yeah. fuck? I'm having enough trouble with just hitting yeah. the numbers. The, um, the, the, that rigidness, because that's, in my opinion, it's still a rigid diet. That's a very rigid diet. Um, there would have to be a lot of leg work from your perspective, from your end as a trainer yeah. who's allowed to give nutrition advice. <laughs> There's another fucking rabbit hole we can yeah. Yeah. Um, just but, to, Just to clarify on that, we do have yeah. qualifications. Then I can give <laughs> nutrition advice. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it, like there's just way more work on our end until they get there. Yeah. When there's so many other ways to develop that skill set and then apply this method and they already know yeah. what to do, you know what I mean? Um, I would have to give someone four weeks of different diets right now. Yeah. Which is so much work on the back end. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, even then it's like, oh, I don't like this food and I'm sick of eating this. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. This is not for us right yeah. now. Let's not, not do that. Yeah, we yeah. haven't graduated yet. So, yeah. um, but yeah, eating less calories and training days, I feel like, so maybe, so the one thing I thought about while we're having this conversation is like, maybe they're saying because they're not training, they're not expending as much energy, so not eating, so they don't need to eat as much. Yeah, which yeah. is the whole theory behind it, I, I think. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's like, just get to a point where you can manage their energy in, energy out, and see where, like your training load and like what what changes you experience with your body weight first yeah. and then it's like yeah just work on what method works for you yeah um yeah it's like a quick count it's like it's not as if you track the output on your training days anyway yeah and that's yeah that's the adaptation and and i was actually yeah. gonna say that too like <clears throat> the temperature outside affects your energy output 100 your knee affects your output your stress affects your output like unless you've already honed these things in to, yeah. to a fine tip, um, you're probably better, you're probably not gonna see that much difference yeah. uh, in the it's, two approaches. It's still driving that relationship between like movement and food Yeah, as well, which I have a big problem with and that's yeah. why I fucking hate those wearables that fucking tell me how much calories I've burnt. Yeah, because you like, have no idea. Yeah, yeah. It, they, it, it's just, sends it just puts people in the wrong mindset about movement it's yes. like you've got to move to earn food it's and like those those pictures you see every fucking easter that yeah, it's I like do oh, i can do a hundred a hundred jump ropes and i can <coughs> eat a cabri yeah. egg it's like every please. single year i share it and write the same thing yeah. like how do i create more disordered eating let's, yeah let's make this uh, table up like yeah. if my bmr is 2000 calories or just let's just make it easy it's 2400 calories 24 hours in a day um, so is that, is that a hundred? Yeah. Yes. That's a hundred calories an hour. So if I eat that 200 cho- 200 calorie chocolate, I can fucking sleep for two hours and burn that. I yeah. have to go on a treadmill to burn 200 calories to burn the 200 calories that was in the yeah. chocolate. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so 
the yeah the it's not the <laughs> the training we need to understand that food is food has a a a play in the game but it's not the game yeah it's just part of the game and training is a big element and then obviously what you do outside of this which we again is part of our message um so yeah i if you're using it for that mentality then i would say that it's not a good idea yeah um just drawing a line within your intake over seven days and averaging that out is probably the best place to start just makes things simple too if you're not if you if you're not savvy with dieting um especially yeah. even from a flexibility standpoint too like if you if you bump over on the weekend you can kind of make it up and yeah it yeah. reduces a lot of stress when we're and maybe maybe we step back and look at it from a sustainable point of view instead of a getting in great shape point of view that sustainability being able to oh i went over a little bit adjust the next day yeah. or the next two days Auto regulation. Um, I've got a client who's uh, four weeks into a 12 week dieting phase right now was bridesmaid in a wedding on the weekend um, alright cool drop your calories for three days beforehand track everything still if there's anything left over make it up on the following days like you can still kind of build that in from a yeah. longevity standpoint there is a time where that's not okay yeah. that if you if you want to get in amazing shape that thought of longevity you need to have the, that discussion of okay this isn't for longevity anymore yeah. this has become a sport and I'm going to execute on the outside I'll deal with coming back to longevity yeah yeah alright so well, since the uh, dogs were fighting we actually have no idea how long this has been going for yeah it yeah. could be like a two hour we've podcast we wouldn't know. Well, I've lost all trace of time today yeah to um, so lesson learned we'll put the dogs away for podcasting yeah. after for the third episode yeah so sweet for a couple um, so yeah maybe yeah. just to wrap up today like think the main messages is it's the same shit that we talk about every week but it's still just as important that like the big things matter most yeah and don't lose yourself in the small shit if you don't have the big, big things in place mm. first yeah um, we like to geek out on this and talk about mm. volume landmarks and blah 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 blah, blah. it's like again if it's, it's execution it's programming it's yeah. going to the gym consistently um, meeting your calorie macro fiber yeah. targets from food that like you if you're doing that most of the time you're going to be in a good spot yeah then you can fuck around with all this cool stuff yeah and if you don't know where to start there's an stc fit trainer ready oh, to help you look at you stccfit.com yeah so yeah just send us a message um, for any information on online instagram stuff. facebook good thing yeah uh STC Fit on both. Yep. STC Fit Learning for the geeky stuff on both. Yep. Ben Scott SC, uh, JD Physiques, Tam Vibes um, for all your photography and filming needs. Yep. Starting to make a little bit of a name for himself, this guy. Yeah, I know. Getting yeah, some remember big Remember us when you're famous, mate. Just don't forget to You still have to here. come film the podcast. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't forget to be here for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Edit out when there's a power struggle between the dogs. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, we'll uh, leave you for Thanks for tuning in, guys. Week. Yeah, we'll see you next episode. Ciao.